Okay, Romy, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like hold this thought because I really want us to save this for the actual recording. Welcome back to another episode of Two Black Nerds. My name is Romeo Quihangana, and on the, the other mic is... You got your boy, Hi Akachuku. Uh, just to start off, you know, the usual, Romeo, how was your weekend? Oh, my weekend, well, my weekend was pretty good. Uh, I had a, f- a four and a half hour drive back and forth today in Ohio. Cornfields, very scenic. <laughs> uh, I, w- I wouldn't hate that much. The sun was out, so the drive was actually uh, really beautiful, even though it's just cornfields. I uh, still yeah. a pretty good sight. How about you, E? How's your weekend? Fair enough. Uh, you know, had a long weekend, Memorial Day, so had a nice three-day weekend, but use the opportunity to really recharge and, like, get the energy back, kick it a little bit with friends, uh, get depressed as I just sit in front of my window and watch rain pour down for two weeks at a time, still going on to a third week, uh, well, nice torrential it, downpour. You don't sound very excited about that, man. What's up? I don't really do rain. I don't do very dreary weather. Like during the winter at Notre Dame, like those that permacloud, bro, I'm telling you, like I didn't realize how much of an effect weather had on my mood. It would just be like walking to class, cursing my life. Like this sucks. Why did I go to school in the Midwest? But it's all Gucci. Yeah. No, I, I would, I would, um, I would echo that feeling even here in Michigan. Just like permacloud in the winter is just like, ah, uh, I had to buy uh, daylight colors, daylight lamps. <laughs> Just to make Did sure you that, UV rays. Yeah, get that UV ray for your body, G. UV ray for your body. But uh, so, hi. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you introduce the topic du jour. All right. So for the topic du jour, we're gonna be talking about consumer spaces slash markets that haven't yet really been disrupted. But also up and coming consumer spaces and markets or like startups that we're seeing become a trend. So I guess to start the conversation, I'm just going to go ahead and start talking about a specific space, right? So, you know, last uh, last episode, we talked about how diversity in tech is a thing. We're talking about how there's a lack of black engineers. But an interesting pivot point or like an interesting point to get, um, gain from that is through having a lack of black engineers, you have a lack of applications really targeting that black um, consumer market, right? You have a fair amount of black consumers within the, um, within America, especially a lot of them have smartphones as well, especially with the iPhones. I feel like it's a very prime market for disruption. And just even citing the examples, there are two examples that really made me think about this. One, you got Tristan Walker with Bevel and Walker and & Company, and they're aiming to be the Procter & Gamble for African-American beauty and like skincare products. Yeah. And then two, this week, I think it was like uh, earlier this week. You had Univision, um, was it Univision? I don't know. Univision. Um, yeah, because it's a, um, I think it's a Mexican-owned company or in Mexico. But um, they announced the acquisition of the Root, which is an African media or an African American-owned media um, publishing company. Yeah. Yeah, publishing company. Thank you. And that really made me think like, okay, that's pretty cool. Like, you know, I think people are starting to get more of a notice for it. But at the same time, there's still various problems or even very, yeah, various problems within 
African-American communities or that can be that I think software could help solve or at least like I think it's a prime consumer market for disruption or at least for um, applications to target more so. No, that's rather true. than I, problems I, I, like, <laughs> you know, rather than virtual problems like, dang, I'm trying to think of a real, uh, really. Uh, oh well, I can, example. I can, I can actually point out an example. It was designed by my my favorite designer out there, Eve Behar. Um, he partnered with this company. They created this thing called Vessel. Oh, Dad, thank you. For example, <laughs> yes. It's like most useless product in my life. Or like not, first world I mean, problem. Like, it's it's, it's not really problem. useful. That's what I was it's not. Of. It's not useless, right? <laughs> but like, so what, for those who don't know, the vessel is, is like a really awesome looking thermos that has a, a bunch of sensing electronics that is able to detect whether or not what you poured, that's able to detect what type of drink you're drinking. However, in for it, in order to work, Essentially, so I would have to like pour water in it. Like, if you can function as the regular water bottle, that is, you go, you pour water in it, then it measures how much water is in there and how yeah. much water you're drinking. Uh, if you get a soda, instead of drinking soda from the can, you have to take the soda, pour it in the can, pour it in the vessel, drink it from vessel, and at the end of the day, you get a report of how much fluids you're drinking, what types of fluids uh, you are consuming, which, all in all, it's a good thing that you're getting that extra data. However, was was it like how important is it to know what like how important is it to know that you're to take out that one extra step of like tracking it in a fitness tracking app or something like that, you know? Like so in the end, like it doesn't seem like a useful application. Not necessarily a useful application, but it doesn't sound like Uh, a socially impactful application of technology. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which, like, I mean, it's a really cool looking cup. Like, oh, it looks really, really gorgeous. Amazing. Don't get me it's wrong. Gorgeous. It's I just gorgeous. But like, just to track how much tea or water or beer I'm drinking. Like, as, can you even imagine? Like, you go to a party with a vessel and like. Hold no, up. I would make fun of that dude. Hold up. Night, let me let me pour this. Hey, yo, can I try me, your cup? <laughs> no, let, let, let me pour this drink. Let me pour this drink into my vessel. I was like, no, no one does that. Like, no, that would be socially unacceptable. Drink. Maybe in Silicon yeah. Valley, that's okay. But, like, in the Midwest, that's, that's like, bro, don't. Yeah. So, like, that, I mean, that's one of the examples where it just, like, has the innovation in Silicon Valley gone too far. <laughs> Not gone too far. It's It, it seems at least from my point of view, a little bit, a bit narrow-minded. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> definitely, like, definitely. Just to, to, to bring it back to the topic at hand, is just that there's all these uh, untapped market and spaces that are probably going <clears> to <throat> be up and coming that are not being addressed, yeah. to be honest. Um, right? Yeah. And I guess... Um... I mean, did you have another thought, or? No, I was just going to let you take this one. Okay, well, I was at uh, TechCrunch Disrupt in, uh, was it TechCrunch Disrupt, or was that Engadget Pitching Competition? Anyway, I think it was TechCrunch. Yeah, so I was at, like, a pitching competition for local startups, and really another untapped market that people think about. So, like I said, um, a lot of these startups nowadays, or they can be seen as solving first-world problems, 
and not um, really looking at lower, like not looking at um, minority communities, even though there's an overlap between like the first world and minorities at that time. So not trying to say that there are no minorities in like the upper class, but you also have like a socioeconomic bias when it comes to these type of applications, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, there are some applications that could be used to serve a purpose for um, like the lower class. But even then, like smartphones have become so staple in our lives. Like you may, even though you may not um, be the wealthiest person in the world, but there are still like homeless people. I've seen like homeless people or other individuals in lower classes still have smartphones. And I've seen, um, I forgot what the company did, but they combined food stamps with the mobile application. And I think it was a way for some individuals, let's figure out a way for individuals to get the most bang for their buck, um, so to say, with their food stamps at various stores or locations and everything like that. And that's that really ingenious. An interesting and that's, application. And that's not a first world problem, right? That's solving an actual problem. If you're on food stamps, you're like, how do I maximize my food to get, um, or how do I maximize how like, do I get the most, how, most how food, get the most, yeah, the most for my like family and everything like that? Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and even nowadays, a lot of people need to have cell phones in general just to be constantly by a phone, right? If you're waiting to hear back from a job interview, but you're working how many jobs or everything or like whatnot to make ends meet, you know, you're not always going to be home. I don't even I don't even know the last time I touched my home phone other than whenever my parents made no, me. <laughs> I mean, like at this point, I would say like a smartphone smartphone is no longer a it's no longer a luxury. It's, yeah, in high school they were like whenever I was in high school, if you had a smartphone yeah. and you were balling, you know, but it's a necessity. Like if you just look at so for example, like just like a really sharp contrast, like the level of poverty in the US is completely different from the level of poverty in a third world country. That for yeah. example, let's take Niger where I lived for a while. Like those two levels are completely different, which means that Definitely. phone standard should also be different, right? Definitely. So a smartphone you can get like a super good smartphone for less than a hundred dollars. So you can get some for free, even on like certain like uh depending on contract or like refurbished, you know. Yeah. So like, like, like a penny. So for me, like even seeing like a homeless dude, even hearing that there's a homeless person with a smartphone, it's like no, they still need connectivity. They still need like some sort of way to be accessed. So I don't. I don't see that as. A luxury for them to have a smartphone but i do i really like that whole application so when we get the chance we're going to find the the link and put it in the show notes because i really think yeah. that's a great a really good idea i really have to dig it up it was like so long ago <laughs> but i'll try and find it but yeah i mean as far as like untapped market like we can even just discuss like the general trend of things so i don't think if you if you remember correctly time magazine put a picture of like so uh was it a girl like a mixed girl with blue eyes on their on their cover saying that this is what we will look like in uh 2040 or something like that yeah because yeah. everything's such blending together like so, in terms of interracial relationships yeah. and all that too. yeah so like if you just think about the trends of what's happening so if you just see that market <laughs> and that there's very there's like a lack of companies that tailor specifically to African-American communities. For example, I don't know, like this is completely random, but there's some person who just said, who pointed out that there is no app. Is there an app that tracks or like where a high sale of uh, Nike Jordans 
specifically happened that's not eBay? You know, that's a good question. I don't think so. And if there's not, I'm about to hit up this code editor and get the code in. <laughs> like, I'll for example, like a couple months. As much as, mu- as, mu- as much as we may not like how much money are being spent on Jordans. It's a very, it's very a, lucrative market. It's Sneakerheads are making a profit, yo. It's a highly lucrative. High beast? Like, they get mentioned by rappers. Like, yep. that's like a niche market that definitely has not been... Um, has not been essential. Has not been. There's not a Tapped lot of competition software, there. Yeah, like exactly. even if there's people, there's not a lot of competition there. And if you think about zero to one, the Peter Thiel book, where he said like you need to go to a place where you can establish a monopoly. For sure. Yeah, you're right? right. So definitely, carving out those spaces when you find them is definitely a really good way uh, to look for. It. For example, let's me. I've been meaning to find a place where someone like talking, speaking of a Walker and company, like it's by far the only website that I've seen that talks specifically about the hair about, care product of men, for, black men, of black men. Like, I think it was about two, three years ago. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not kidding here. I started looking up online like, hey, how do I grow my hair like how do i like how do i take care of my hair because yeah. i'm putting in a bunch of water i'm like well there's not a lot of information about how men take care of their hair so what if i went and see how women like african-american women take care of their hair even that at the time there wasn't a lot of information about it like yeah. maybe right now there's a lot of like all going at na- all natural going oh yeah the natural movement really sprung up a lot of blogs like, on hair care like a um, lot of blogs on blogs, hair yeah. care but even then, at this point, I'm not sure if there's, like, a marketplace for that. Other than Bevel Code? No, but I'm to- I'm talking about, like, for women. Oh, for women? Yeah, yeah. There's some. Yeah. There's some, but it's still not unified. It's not, like, a one-stop shop. Like, there's not no yet. aggregate. There's not, there's not any one source that aggregates everything and just presents it to you. For example, yeah. the I think you ended up discovering the app, too, but the... Watch uh, Watchville. I love Watchville that. App. Co. Yeah, so that's uh, created by Kevin Rose because he was getting really interested into watches, and there's like tons of watch blogs out there. And you just aggregate it all into one application at the one application um, tip of your finger. Yeah, the tip of your finger. That's really beautiful. So you can learn everything that you need to know about watches. Yeah, I found a lot of watches I like on there. I'm just like watch yeah. goals. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, the dude, like, I mean. It may have, like, it was very, it's a highly specific niche like that, that essentially you can find in, like, African-American communities and just diverse communities in general. They're not necessarily being addressed by uh, the Silicon Valley community just because they're in, now that they're, like, they're not living in the place where all is happening they're living in silicon valley and and also diversity plays a huge role in that because if you're not really diverse you don't have diversity of ideas or diversity of problems or solutions you know so you really don't have that mentality but as black engineers i think it's kind of our one of our unspoken social responsibilities to take our knowledge and aren't like and if you if if it's your goal to be like an entrepreneur or even like solve problems i feel like we kind of have an unspoken responsibility to build solutions to these problems that we face in these very um, 
like these minority communities, you know, because we we have at least some form of perspective on them. And if not, we have um, we have access to a network of individuals that can tell us what problems that they have or they've seen in their communities and we can help build solutions, whether physical or digital to those problems. No, absolutely. I completely agree. Like, for example, like another another untapped market that I thought about, um, I think was a, a couple of days ago, um, not a couple, a couple of weeks ago. About a week ago. I'm not playing. Go ahead. I was, I was essentially at work with uh, with our group, essentially uh, the African American uh, folks who work at GE. They're talking about what 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 type of incentive, you know, like let's cre- let's what what type of community engagement should they undertake um in order to get kids engaged in uh engineering and whatnot and i realized there is there's no so you remember do you remember goldilocks mm, refresh so, my memory so goldilocks is essentially is a kit for girls to learn about engineering and building things mm-hmm. goldie blocks i think that's how goldie they're blocks. called goldie okay. blocks and i thought about it as like well that one is specifically targeted towards girls and to be honest, there's no equivalent one for all other types of engineering, whether it be electrical or computer science. This probably kind of they engineering might be, is it targeted for? It started. It says like toward general engineering, but it's mostly building stuff. So it's mostly mechanical and civil. Okay. And I was like, what if such a kit existed <laughs> for electrical engineering, right? Yeah. What What if you could make it cheap? What if you created a kit? For uh, schools of who don't have access to resources, where well, you can make a cheap kit to send to underserved communities, un- the schools of underserved communities, and just help them learn not only science, but also get them excited about STEM. Yeah. Right? That is also something <clears throat> that I haven't, I haven't personally, I haven't seen it in the market, so... Yeah. specifically towards what I've learned, which is electrical <clears throat> engineering. And I think that just uh, people just sitting around that and just imagining what their experience would be like would be an amazing feat and would just serve the community at large, at least in the long run. Yeah, most definitely. And so at least those are just uh, a few of the thoughts that, I, that, I've, uh, that I've seen, per se. For sure. When it comes to that, true, true. Um, that's a valid point. Uh, let's see. Hmm. I don't really have anything else to add on this topic, but let's go ahead and switch gears. We're going to change the topic to trends that we're seeing within oh, the trends, the trends in of the, the industry. Yeah, even in the valley, even like you know, I'm in Austin, so we're seeing some of these same trends here. Me and Roma were kind of discussing this earlier. We're talking about how. Um, well, I brought up how food has become kind of a forgotten like delicacy in the sense of like the whole culture of food like sitting down and actually enjoying your dinner like or lunch um it's kind of being forgotten about within the valley and i say this because i'm speaking of example well not even well it's two sides of it right you have people or you have the rise of startups like well, you have Grubhub and other ones that deliver food to you from various restaurants. Yeah. But you have others coming up like Munchery in San Francisco. That's a food delivery startup. And it's pretty cool. This one's kind of different because I think you can appreciate the culture of food 
in that you have local or like local professional chefs preparing food for you with fresh ingredients and then it's being delivered to your door for a low price. Oh, I can pretty dig cool. That. Yeah, it's like, you know, we have a similar one in Austin called Demand Food and it's like 9.99 for a meal. That's pretty, you know, thinking about it, that's a pretty fair amount of food and you get like you get like your protein, your vegetables and a nice like carb to go with it. So normally like rice or maybe something else starchy. So it's pretty filling. Oh, actually, like, like quick question about those. Go ahead. Yeah. Can you request a specific type of food, like uh, specific spices, like spice levels and all that? So I, I'm actually going to see if I can test drive that this week. And like yeah. I just saw a recommendation through a friend of mine, but I don't know about all that level of customization. Normally what happens is that they switch up the menu each week. And you get to select from a menu what you want to eat. Mm. And so, yeah, so I think it may not be that individualized, you know. But I don't think they're really trying to target that kind of user. I mean, maybe they are. But at the same time, if somebody's really picky about what they eat, they may either, one, go to a restaurant, you know, and where you know, they can't like, the reason I, I was just wondering yeah, because, up? like, the, you remember back in, uh, back in college, like, my main complaint about the food there was that there wasn't enough spices yeah it was bland <laughs> and understandably so because you're not gonna like <laughs> put a, a ton of pepper or salt spices or pepper yeah yeah in a amen soup. That's you gotta get a, that steak in salt dining everybody. hall take it over to the grill yeah have my no, boy exactly. carl over here season it up a little bit yeah oh, so i was just so wondering good. if there was like that <laughs> level of uh a customization say hey uh, can I get mine with an extra t- uh, hit of Tabasco or some Cholula sauce? Yeah. I don't know. To my immediate knowledge, I'm not sure, perhaps. But I'll have to check it out and then report back later. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so that was just a really example of what I want to talk about. Well, that's one example. And this one, I guess, kind of is addressing like people that don't want to cook that may still enjoy a nice meal. But then mm. something that so the one that's actually the main culprit of destroying the sacredness of meals <laughs> is freaking Soylent, and mm. like I don't get it. Like I mean I get it, but at the same time, like I don't know. It's I don't want to like have a liquid eat, drink, eat and drink only a liquid diet for like while I'm, like throughout my entire day. I enjoy waking up and eating like my bowl of oatmeal with a banana and or maybe having like two eggs and some bacon or something for breakfast, you know? And yeah. I enjoy eating like salmon and like mashed potatoes or something like that for dinner, you know? I don't want to drink soy with like various vitamins and vanilla and other flavoring and added inside of it to get my daily protein intake or whatever. But go ahead, Romeo. You had no. thoughts. On it, so. <laughs> no, like Soylent. Like when when I first read about Soylent, I was like, uh, "What?" Like I thought it was really interesting. I'm like, "Oh, wait, food powder? Uh, that's kind of so, like it's intriguing. Like it was intriguing enough that I was lured into reading about it. And like, uh, it's it's really hard to like wrestle, like wrap my mind around it. Like I get what it's trying to do. I absolutely get it." which is we are bodies we only need nutrients therefore we shall only get the exact amount of nutrients that we need right but then you start thinking this is life right and then it's like so am i just like gonna eat what i need to get by or do i also want to be enjoying what i'm eating right because like i feel so, for example, like, 
I don't know who have who has bought Soylent or tried Soylent. I personally okay. don't know if I would try it. I can probably I, try it for a day. I'm allergic to it. well, not completely deathly allergic to soy, but like soy makes my uh, throat itch, so I'm not trying. I'm not planning on trying it anytime soon. Yeah, I could. I could see myself trying it for a, a day. I was about to say a week, but probably not. Just a, I, I can't see. It. Yeah, like I can see myself trying it for a day, but I guess what um, soiling is challenging is like our concept of food, right? Because yeah. In the end, if you end up thinking about it, it's like if they sent you something and say, this is exactly what you need to get by through the day. You right? know? Yeah. And I think that is just saying your body just need X amount of nutrients, then you can survive. For sure. Right? And then there's the other coin side of it is like, well, you're not actually like getting to taste and enjoy food. So then it just becomes a choice of like, hey, Am I, do I eat to survive or do I eat to enjoy the food? But I will say Soylent is probably better than a lot of uh, junk food out there. Just plain on oh, like probably, the, the yeah. plain nutritional value and pound from pound, like money per nutrient value is probably better than some of the foods out there. But I just, whenever I hear about it, I just want to, I just shake my head. I'm like, this is, it's not... It's not right, man. Yeah. Well, you, um, I was really getting at um, what you mentioned earlier about how it seems like in the Valley where these ideas are being like brought up, I'm people sure. are sacrificing enjoyment yeah. of things such as or basic things such as uh, food and eating in exchange for efficiency and convenience. You know, to try and be like a well-oiled machine. They don't really – it's not really – well, it's human, but oh. at the same time, it seems like they're trying to like – make everything as efficient as productive as possible like even if it's like a basic like human social or like yeah, function no, like, like dinner no that there was a point at which oh uh, yeah let me we have our potluck let me bring my bag of soy <laughs> <laughs> like no if somebody does that i'm just like i'm done <laughs> Oh my god! That would have to be the oh best prank, the best office prank of all times. Set up a pound on April first. Bring a Bible bag of soylent for everybody. I'm like, oh, is what I brought. eat up? Like, no. Actually, that food that you bought, don't even eat it. Just eat soylent here. Soylent yeah. here. <laughs> Changing. Potlucks forever. Oh um, man! No, you get what I'm saying. No, that's how it's like ruining the social aspect of dinner and meals. That's like a prime example, or like an, like a way to draw that. You know. No, the oh. thing is, like, I mean, I haven't, I haven't lived in Silicon Valley, but I will say, like, when you read things like these, you just start wondering, like, what is next, right? Because, yeah. like, first, I'm pretty sure that the movie Limitless was made about drugs that people actually there are drugs that gives you similar like psychological enhancement slash effects yeah so those exist so they're probably (laughs) being taken in the valley right the whole new york times article on it i'll see if i can link it in the show notes after yeah and i i I know for sure i think i've read the one you're talking about and i i know a hundred percent that's being used on wall street right yeah maybe that one was wall street yeah i think yeah that's that's the one on wall street right so essentially, like, if Silicon Wall Valley... Wall Street Bank is the finance equivalent of Silicon Valley engineers. 
<laughs> True. And the thing is, like, so at the end, it's like, do we want to stay awake doing a lot of work? Which is like, I abs- I can see Storland fitting in that in that mentality, which is, I solely exist to work and create things. Therefore, I will optimize everything in my life to fit that specific criteria. The show. Right. And no, there, there was a point where I was actually like, I was looking at, okay, how little sleep can I get and still function on a daily basis? Six hours. Six. You could actually do 4.5. My body can't do that. I can only do six. So like, that's what I'm saying. So like, you can't, so I could do, I can, I could do 4.5, but not five because like you're waking up, not in REM sleep. Yeah. And then whatever. So there's this whole there's a bunch of devices about hacking your sleep and then yeah. so people in in the valley probably figured out how to hack sleep. Right? Sleepy time. You enter what time you want to go to sleep and it gives you the most exact times to wake up because you're going to be in uh that like you're going to be in the list what is it? You wanna wake up whenever you're not in REM, so Yeah, whenever you're not yeah. in REM. So it gives you times like that. So like let's say it's like four hours or six hours. It's like every two hours is something that you fluctuate. Right. Maybe it's a lower amount of time. So but... nine ninety minutes is a sleep cycle. So an hour and thirty minutes. Yeah. Right, so there's that. So there's been enough science around that. There's even this sleep cycle that is ridiculous called polyphasic sleep. Uh, sounds complicated. Which it is complicated, but you get to stay awake for like more than I forgot. It might be essentially like sleep two to three hours a day and stay awake for the rest of the twenty, the rest of the twenty minutes. Like the creative, the the guy who created WordPress did that mm-hmm. for like two years successfully. That's a bit od. Yeah, no, but I'm I'm saying it's not impossible. Like. You can get your body to be like a machine, but like yeah, the whole soilent sure. movement is just like I I get what it's trying to do, which is like increase efficiency, but mm-hmm. how much efficiency is too much efficiency? Exactly, you know, like where do we draw the line? Like where 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 do we draw the line? When people start walking around with IVs in their arms, like for hydration or something, you know, like that's what no, I mean, no, much. like some people walk around. I mean. The medical devices, like people, some people had diabetes who walk around with like. Yeah, uh, but I'm talking about whenever you get like the average engineer trying to consume or like trying to be hooked up to one of those. That's when it gets to be too much, you know. Oh, it has yeah, been toss, done before. Let me toss this soylent into a like um. Let me toss this soylent into like a IV bag and just put the needle in, you know. <laughs> oh my god! Like that, that would be. Wow. No, I would. In 2050. Like, yeah. In 2050. Oh, dude. It's I not too. Even, I can't even imagine how life's going to be in 2050. I hope there's I don't even want to imagine. In 2050, oh, man. man. You know? Because, like, it makes you wonder if the concept of food, if we, like, as we run, like, you know, California's going through a drought right now. So, going through a drought right now. And it's like, huh? The Soylent? There's like, is like soil make you, soil soil make you use less water than preparing a typical meal. Yeah. And if so, yeah. So if it does that, you know, one can argue that soylent is actually better for the environment or something like that because you're not wasting as much water within the valley. Yes. That's the counterpoint. You know, guy plays devil devil's advocate in these type of situations. No, but at I, the same time, uh, 
I still like the taste of my food, and I'd like to. I'd rather take. No, I'm, a, still, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of how I would counter that point. I don't. I don't know. It's still. The, oh I think no! Here's, he would be my. His, he would okay. be my counterpoint. Like, um, I would say, well, like traditional farming gets more CO two out of the environment. Therefore, you're losing the. Um, I forgot the term, but like the reduction of CO two created by the traditional process of plant of making food versus going okay. all right uh all powder based fair enough fair enough but i can see i can see someone making that argument like yes making yeah. powder food will save california <laughs> you know can you bottle up some of this water and ship it to cali and <laughs> austin hey it ended our drought so oh gucci yeah, no, but I agree. Like, there is a place in the world for soil light, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Right, but... I'm actually wondering if it's cool, like, if soil light could be used as an alternative. Like, is it cheaper? Well, probably, I don't know. Price is pretty cheap. But, like, you know, in developing countries, does soil light have a place there? You know? To give more oh. nutritional value rather than, like, rice? Well... <laughs> There's actually well, there's well, there's a whole another topic about how you have like golden rice or whatever, like it's like a GM um, genetically modified like food, or whatever. But it's enriched with like more vitamins. So rather than just having like plain old rice, you're getting yeah, no, they're, they're already they're, yeah, they're already doing that. So but would soil be better? You know, maybe who knows? Perhaps it'll be cool. Soil be like buy one bag and we donate a bag of soil to like a <laughs> developing nation, you know, which would be cool. I think it'll get. I think it could help. You know, yeah. I'd soil in social campaign. I mean, it'll be having a social impact. You know, it wouldn't be just a first world problem of efficiency anymore. Yeah, it's no. like you got Tom like buy like Tom shoes. Uh, buy a pair, give a pair. Warby yeah, Parker buy glasses. A pair, buy a pair, give a pair. Now I'm you know? looking. I'm looking at this. This soil in. Uh, you have a have... you have a DIY version. It's open source, so you can see the soylent recipe and make your own at home. Not like I would ever do that. Like I'm not that crazy. Oh wait, you're like you if you buy all these different ingredients and get a blender and blend it together. Yeah, gee, you got yourself a nice steamy, not nah, even steam, a nice cold cup of soylent, ready for consumption. I mean, I'm not gonna. Uh... You know, I'm gonna like. I'm reluctant to try it personally, but if I if I ever try it, I'll definitely I would let you know. If if I ever, please by all means be I, my guest as long as I don't have to try. It, go ahead. If I get on soylent, I would let you know. But <coughs> the con- the concept is great, but I just. I don't. I don't like it. This plain my my personal feels is, I don't feel it. Yeah. I just don't feel. Oh wait. Oh, they tell you which way, like where to get the different ingredients too. Oh, I didn't know all that, and I haven't it's been a while since I looked at your site. Yeah, no. This actually, I'm not gonna. This, I think I'm gonna explore this. All right, tell me how that goes for you. Yeah, no, if the DIY if the DIY if the DIY soylent is, is cheaper, <laughs> if the DIY is cheaper than to buy the 
the legit. Hopefully it isn't, because otherwise it would make sense. Yeah. Um, if it's cheaper, at least for because I don't I don't want to buy two like they're they sell it by two week packs. Yeah. Which is like I I don't think I want to eat fifty six soylent meals. But if I can make maybe one or two. I can I can see myself trying that out. Mhm. But I don't know. I don't I don't like this the trend of super efficiency though. I'll tell you that. Like me neither. I think soylent soylent should be the limit of what food of what we do as far as Silicon Valley goes with food. You know. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, man. So, if y'all know of any other emerging trends within the Valley or even within the tech industry in general that you're seeing, so we just cited two examples, right, of food delivery services and Soylent or, like, more efficiency, please, or even, you know, first world problems, please feel free to hit us up at, like, Vessel. Hit us up at hello at twoblacknerds.com. You can catch me on Twitter at K-W-U-C-H-U, Kuchu, and Romeo. Where can they find you at? Uh, they can find me at, they can find me at K-W-I-R-O-M-E-O, Romeo. And yeah, thank y'all for tuning in. It's been our episode of Two Black Nerds, and we'll catch you next week. Peace.